Sake, a nice rod. Was it Welcome to 216, a link to the past randomizer podcast. I am your host, Fear Agent. That intro you heard is from today's guest, Dr. Bob Tastic. Thought it'd be fun to throw it in there. He talks a little bit about it at the end of his interview, and we talk about his music throughout the interview as well. So if you want more of it, I've included a link. He's got a lot of different songs, a lot of parody songs. Uh, related to Link to the Past that you can check out over at his SoundCloud. They're a lot of fun. Dr. Bob is the guest today. Had a great conversation with him. It took place uh, prior to the admin votes. We talk a little bit about him applying uh, for admin. Speaking of Tark, lots of stuff going on over there. We are holding a vote for the legalization of the Specky Clip. We're basically rewinding the clock and saying everything pre-Specky Clip is exactly the same. And the community gets to vote on whether we should allow the the Specky Clip and Swamp. So the vote is happening uh, Wednesday, the 30th of August. And it will go for a week. And anyone that has raced at least one time in the past year, either on SRL or on the ladder, has a chance to vote. I don't want to turn the 216 podcast into the Tark admin talks section. So I'm going to keep that stuff kind of brief. It's already created a little bit of conflict in myself where now that I am a Tark admin and having to do things that are sometimes unpleasant takes away from what it is that I enjoy the most. And that's doing the show. My retirement didn't last a full year. I've been doing some races and that is just to get uh, ready for the league. The league's the only tournament that I'm going to do. No main tournament, no cross keys tournament. Even though I love cross keys, it's still my favorite mode. No cast boots, nothing. I'm not doing any tournaments except for the league. The league is fun. I, I get to play. My team and I like figured out our schedule, and I think I'm going to play six games over seven weeks. So it's not a huge commitment. You know, the playoffs, if we make it, fingers crossed. You know, is a is a bit more of a commitment, but that's fine. I've done some pickup races here and there just to get familiar with everything. Kind of like get muscle memory back, which is going to change because the fast ROM is coming. As far as we know, Thursday, the 31st of August, the fast ROM is coming. That's what they've said. Fast ROM, I think is cool. The fast ROM removes lag, pretty much all of the lag that you're used to when you're, you're playing the game. It makes the game feel different. There's no denying that. I understand why NMG runners specifically, people that have put a lot of time into this game, don't like it because it changes the game pretty dramatically. It feels, it just feels like a different game. It really does. Now, having been playing this game for the last, gosh, five years, I'm all for it. I like, I like the fast ROM. I like things going faster. I'm already of the opinion that this is not vanilla game. I mean, we've got quick swap. We've got no text. You have new sprites. To me, it's a ROM hack. So I'm for it. I like it. I played with it. I thought it was really enjoyable. I 100% sympathize and understand the the frustrations. And I think that it stinks that we're going to be losing people from the community. People are not going to play because it's not linked to the past anymore. <laughs> it's just not. And that really stinks. Like to me, that's not worth 
losing. I think the way that it's rolled out has been awful, by the way. Like that's the real, the real problem. It's like it's coming and you people are just finding out about it like the week of or the week before. And there's nothing that we could do. Like there's legit nothing we can do. You could complain, but the response to the complaints have been, this is our game and deal with it. And that sucks. That's just a very Nintendo way of going about things. Not crazy about that. The rollout has just not been good. I feel like there was a way to roll this out where the community actually be behind it, but they've done the exact opposite and it's gotten a lot of people upset. People are going to be upset by change. There's no way to avoid that. There's shit we've had to do as admins already that people are going to be upset by. You can't avoid it, but you can try to mitigate it. So am I for the fast ROM? I am. I'm for it. I welcome it. It's coming. And uh, I'm really sad that we're going to be losing people from the community that want Link to the Past randomizer to be and feel like Link to the Past. And again, I 100% empathize and sympathize with them. And it stinks. It's a weird position to be in, right? Like you enjoy something, but you understand why people don't enjoy it. We'll see. It's happening right before the league. So get your practice in before league starts. I think the biggest differences are the bosses. You'll notice just like walking, it feels faster. But the real big differences are the bosses. Trinex, Argus, Helmosaur, Moth, Cold Stare. All of them feel way different. Not that you can't get used to it, but if you spend a lot of time practicing those bosses, get to practicing again. And there's another problem. There's no practice hack for it. So just got to run seeds, I guess. There's a lot to be excited about, though. League's coming. I'm super excited for it. Like I said, I've been playing some seeds. I've been doing some practice, getting my... Uh, Fingers warmed up so that I don't make a fool of myself. Excited about my team. Excited about the season. Should be a lot of fun. And then when the season's over, I can go back to retirement and <laughs> come out for league. All right, let's get to today's guest, Dr. Bob Tastic. Had a really great conversation with Dr. Bob. Just had a great time getting to know him. Like someone who's been a part of the community for as long as he has. I've never really sat down and talked with him. Uh, I think I've done commentary less than a handful of times with him. Haven't raced with him a lot, not in the same circles. So I haven't had a lot of conversations with him. And this one was great. I, I just really enjoyed uh, getting to know Bob. I will say that he shares some stuff late in the interview that's pretty tough to hear about some of the things that are going on in his personal life. So I do want to give a warning on that. I really appreciated Bob sharing, though. Like, it's it's tough. And going through that stuff and trying to escape to a game and then have to try to manage the drama that goes along with that game can be tough just want the game to be an escape uh, from some of the real world issues that we all have to deal with so yeah i'm excited for you to hear this interview so let's get to it here's dr bob all right dr bob super excited to have you on the show uh, we haven't had a lot of interaction uh, in the community in the last few years i we may have done some comms together once or twice but when I first started playing the game, I want to say it was you on comms that really sparked a really big interest for me in into what racing was and, and, and had become. Because I think you did a lot of comms. I want to say in like the 512 Swiss, I think you were doing quite a bit of comms back then. Uh, that's that's very true. I, I did a whole lot of commentary back then. I, you know, I, I like to do commentary because it's the one thing I know that I'm actually reasonably decent at. Um, <laughs> sure. As far as the game goes, eh, whatever. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I uh, I really do like like talking about it and trying to get people hyped up about what's happening and different things on uh, on the stream. 
Well, you did a really good job uh, for me, at least, because it kind of brought me into the community because, you know, when you first start watching, you don't know who any of the players are. And, you know, I was familiar with the game or what and whatever, but I didn't know what randomizer was. And then having you on comms with a bunch of different people, uh, you know, there were so many games with five total Swiss being broadcast on on speed gaming at the time. But your your commentary was just so good and, and really like drove home like, oh, this is this is something that I got to check out and want to be a part of. So first of all, uh, thank you for doing that. And also, I, you, you son of a bitch, Honestly. you son of a bitch, you drew me in and got me hooked. And uh, now here we are a few years later. But I mean, I do not apologize for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, th- thanks for the the kind words. I, I, you know, I don't know if I've been as active in the commentary booth or on or even in the streams or even in the, the game itself over the last few years um, or last year or so. But I've, you know, I've, you're always I've popping in here and there. It feels like it feels like, uh, again, back in 2018, when that 512 Swiss was going on, you were you're all over the place. And then. As the years have gone by, and I'm sure we'll get into it, you know, you pop in here and there for some commentary or you play a little bit here or there for, for a different tournament or or a different race or whatever. So I've definitely seen you around, but we haven't had a lot of a lot of interaction. So super excited to hear your story and kind of get to know you a bit more. So, again, thanks for doing this. Well, I'd love to uh, help you out with that. <laughs> so, I don't know how interesting it's going to be, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, it's going to be great. So. As far as gaming goes, were you gaming a lot as a kid? Did you grow up playing like the NES or? So yeah, my uh, my first, I mean, I did play a little bit of my cousin's like Atari 2600 for a little while, but the first mm. gaming system we ever owned was a NES. Um, actually, the first person in my family to own an NES was my grandmother. Oh, okay. And we got her a, we actually got her a Nintendo system after her husband died mm. just to give her something to do. Right. Yeah. And so we gave. She got the Super Mario and Duck Hunt, and was shooting things. And she got the Legend of Zelda as well. And uh, there's one thing I always remember, and may it's possible I may have made this up in my head. <laughs> sure. But I feel like this is a real thing because uh, I would play Zelda, you know, at that age. But I was like five, right, mm-hmm. four or five years old, and I was not good. Um, <laughs> sure. I, I could yeah. beat like the first level. And the second level, maybe third level is what gave me trouble because the darkness <laughs> would just not cooperate. Sure. Um, but uh, one day I go to, go to visit my grandmother and she sits me down uh, at the uh, at the game and she say, she sits there and, you know, has me have the controller, but maybe also her helping out a little bit. And she walks me through level nine of. Uh, of uh Zelda. I think I was probably seven or eight at this time. Wow. And she she walked me through it and I think she had already killed Ganon at that point and the mm. Triforce was just laying there when you got into Ganon. So I just picked it up and walked to the end. And I was like, that is that is cute. That is awesome. And you have a sounds like you have a pretty kick ass grandma too if she's taken down Ganon. Mm-hmm. In the Legend of Zelda. I mean that's not that's not easy, especially you know she's, back in the she's day. no longer with us but uh uh you know, she was, and she was really, was really great. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Definitely imprinted on you, right? Like uh, a love mm-hmm. of video games. Then, if she was playing and kind of helping you out and showing you how how cool it was, that's that's really cool. I think I finally ended up beating the original Zelda like when I was nine or something. It mm. took a long time, and by that time, the Super NES was out, but our family didn't have one yet. 
Um, in fact, we never actually owned a Super NES growing up, oh. so we, I didn't have access to Link to the Past. Uh, I went, I, I played it at a couple of friends' house mm-hmm. uh, occasionally, and then I might have tracked down certain copies of it on the internet growing up. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But uh, yeah, that was definitely a thing. But one of the things about that, and this is just another weird anecdote, the uh, the version of the emulation software I was using uh, and the computer I was using, it was like an old 486 computer, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the version of the software that was running on there, for some reason, it would always freeze when you got a crystal mm. on, in Link to the Past. So I, I was able to play through all seven of the of the Dark World dungeons, but I was never able to get into Gen's ca- Gen's Tower because I never actually had a crystal. <laughs> that's um, so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Bad emulation. That's that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. So were you aware of the Super Nintendo as a kid? Did your friends have it, and were you playing oh, yeah. it well, when you're over there? Yeah, we we had a we had a Genesis at the time, oh, so we just had okay. the same had the same I level see. console, just not. The same. Um, it was it's just one. of my brother and I had saved up money to buy a console and we were, and I wanted to get the super Nintendo and he wanted to get the Genesis. And I being the older brother just decided, you know what? We'll let you have your way. I'm okay with, I'm okay with this. Um, there's going to be good games either way. And, you know, I don't regret having the Genesis, but I don't, you know, it's some of the, it was the wrong choice, right? It like, was. Yeah. Like, it was. yeah, you, the, there's some good games on the Genesis, but come on, the Super Nintendo was better for sure. It was. Yeah. And I, I eventually, uh, you know, caught up on that front as far as playing the Super Nintendo games that I really missed out on, you know, like your Final Fantasies and your Super Mario RPG and your mm. all the Mario World stuff. Yeah. Was there, because I never had a Genesis, I only played that at my cousin's house or my friend's house. Was there any good like multiplayer or, or co-op games for you, like you and your brother, to play together? Um, let me see. I mean, we always enjoyed playing the Sonic games with one of us doing Sonic, mm. one of us playing Tails. Yeah, that's right. Um, that was always fun. Um, but like, there wasn't like a whole ton of Toe Jam and Earl. Games. Did you play that? We we didn't have that one. Unfortunately, mm. it's it's a good one. Uh, sure, we didn't have that one growing up. Yeah. Uh, so as far as gaming goes did you continue on with, with more modern consoles as they, as they were released? Like, yeah. So when the, when the N64 came out, uh, we saved up as soon as we could to get one of those. Mm -hmm. And on my birthday, or I asked for on my 13th birthday, I asked for Ocarina of Time because I believe it was, it had come out. So my birthday is November the 27th. So my 13th birthday would have been November the 27th. Uh, 1996. Uh, so no, it would. I guess. I guess. I guess. Bl- yeah, it gets blurry when. Yeah. You start so, thinking about. So I guess stuff, it was yeah. my 15th birthday that I asked for it. Okay. Um, but it came out in November of that year, so it was very recent when it came mm-hmm. out, and I got a hold of it and I played the snot out of it. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So good. Just as much as I could. I did you? Did you get actually before that? Probably my most. Uh, played Zelda game before that was Link's Awakening. I had a ton of time. Oh yeah. I had a Game Boy and I I discovered like a whole bunch of dumb stuff on that on my own. Right. So I, I learned that you could do the the screen skip in that game. You know the screen skip? Or you I don't know that? it, but I'm I'm sure so other basically people do. basically you um 
in that game uh, on the overworld or even in the underworld, really, I think, because um, the way the map works, when you go to a transition, the first thing it does is updates your map coordinate. Mm. But then if you pull up the map, it interrupts the screen transition. Okay. And so you end up at the same position on the next map if you hit the map button as your screen transition. Okay. All and right. So you can skip over entire obstacles and everything. And did then you I discovered discover it on your own because there wasn't that. No I did not internet. discover on my own. I okay. I did have I did see a couple of like random posts on random internet things. Like this was like AOL early, yeah, early internet, yeah. Ridiculousness. Um anyways, I saw that. And from there, I tried some things like entering caves from the top, which gives you like completely different uh, transitions and all mm. sorts of shenanigans. And this was well before I knew anything about how computers really worked. <laughs> sure, sure. So, yeah. so, so you weren't really playing Link to the Past then? No, not really. Like, I mean, I, I had, like I said, I had played a lot of Link to the Past, like on the emulator and tried to play through a bunch of things. And I knew where a lot of the things were. Mm. And I actually had... And this is weird, um, but growing up, my my grandmother as well, well, also because they got the the NES early on, mm-hmm. so that also came with a subscription Nintendo Power. Oh right! And so, as part of that, one of the issues was like the big guide on Link to the Past, right? Oh okay, sure. So yeah, I have yeah. that. That is currently sitting in my office at at the school that I teach. Is uh, my that's awesome? My my Link to the Past guide. It's pretty great. That it's, is so it's, cool. very, it's a very fun thing because it's kind of written in like a, a third person story thing. It's like, so Link mm. found himself in the mire and here's the thing he did here, blah, blah, blah. And yes, I can confirm it does say use bombs on Helmosaur. Uh, things oh, like does that. it? <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. It, it absolutely does. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so good. All right. So you're, you're playing 64. You're, you said Ocarina of Time was the first game you got. Did you add a lot to that collection? Were you playing? Oh, yeah. We had plenty of... Uh, well, we had Super Mario 64 before uh, like before Ocarina of Time, a few other games, but mostly I mean, we rented some games here and there, but Ocarina of Time was the first one that I just really was like, I, I want this one. It's mine. Mm-hmm. We did that, and then we did uh, Ocarina... Not Ocarina of Time, but... Uh, Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask, yeah. Some of that as well. Sure. I had a little fan website for Zelda growing when I was like 13, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's some some dumb stuff. I'm sure like if you went trolling through the internet archives, <laughs> you could find some remnant of it, but I'm that, that you it. wrote, you made a website oh, yeah. for it? I flipping made it. <laughs> oh wow. Because yeah. HTML remember? was easy. Um <laughs> sure, sure. It's just that early HTML, sure. Um do you what was the URL? Do you remember? Um, not off the top of my head, mm. honestly. So was it like one of those like GeoCity sites or? Uh, it was for a while. There was some, oh, I think I was on like the, the AOL, like mm. your stuff there. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then I eventually transferred to another hosting service that had a little more behind it. Uh, but yeah, it was silly and dumb stuff. I, I mean, nostalgia bomb right here i just remember going through all those early you know website builders that were you know just teaching html and and all the different images you could put in and text and fonts and stuff oh man yeah that's so funny i'm sure i made some like crappy websites way back then but it's all long gone now 
so did did your love for Nintendo continue on after the 64 or did you start moving oh, yeah. into other we, stuff? We got the we got the GameCube when I was about to graduate high school. I did the whole Wind Waker thing. I remember so I had a friend, shout outs to Matt. Um he um was so I played through Wind Waker on the GameCube. And then he was playing through Wind Waker on my GameCube, and at some point it crashed. And it actually because the it actually crashed because the the read head on the GameCube got all weird, mm. like the, okay. the light. So it broke the GameCube, and you had to go like actually get it repaired. <laughs> right. And so he did that. The thing is, he also was playing Wind Waker on someone else's GameCube, and the same thing happened. Oh jeez! So he tried to play it <laughs> twice, and the world and the the universe was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is hilarious. And then, uh, you know, from there, I, I do remember camping out the very first day that the Wii was going to be released, mm-hmm. uh, like literally outside, outside of a fries in Dallas. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, my brothers, my brother and his friend and I went in there and got a Wii on the first day it came out and also got twilight princess with it. And did that. <laughs> That's awesome. Then, yeah, I remember camping out for I, we camped out for the Wii. I wasn't even buying it. My friend was buying it, but we just camped out with him. And also, I remember camping out for the 362, hmm. um, which I don't feel like people really do anymore. But that's probably for the better. Also, because I guess like with new new consoles, they're not even available <laughs> right away. It took forever for the PS5 stock to like be uh, manageable. But yeah, a lot of a lot of Zelda games growing up. Um, I also kind of got real big on the Final Fantasies and the RPGs in general and um, maybe like tabletop RPGs and like all sorts of mm. extremely nerdy things that sure. yeah, like you do. Totally. Like you do. I, yeah, I totally understand. Did you dabble in like Magic the Gathering at all? Shoot. you. I mean, I could I could pull. I got a box behind me, like four, five thousand cards or so that just from random stuff. But mostly mostly with that, I just do like drafts. Yeah, um, sure. I mean, I it's the best way to play for sure. I I don't have the time or the mental effort to put together decks, mm-hmm. but if I have a if there's like a limited uh, a limited situation where you've got a certain card pool to build from, and then you build that deck from there, yeah, that's the that's the stuff I'm into for sure. Were you doing it back in like in the in the late '90s and early 2000s? Uh, I did a little bit early on, um, but like that was when I was like. 12 or 13 again mm-hmm. and then you know i didn't you know most of those cards either got destroyed or lost and none of them were really expensive or anything i mm-hmm. didn't i didn't have the the real early track on that mm-hmm. uh, and then of course you know because you're gonna do what you're gonna do pokemon cards kind of took over <laughs> from there. oh sure yeah so your game you went from from magic to pokemon yeah and then and then i rediscovered magic sort of at the end of grad school um, sure yeah that makes sense so uh, so you're game basically you're gaming your entire life, whether it's oh, yeah. a Nintendo stuff or tabletop or, or card games. Your gaming is part of who you are. Then, oh yeah, real, 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 real big. And it seems uh, like Nintendo was had its hooks in you then as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, I did have uh, you know up until you know, once I got to where I had sort of my own money, I would generally have whatever Nintendo console was most relevant, and then. A little bit into the cycle, I'd usually get the Sony console as well, uh, just because that's where some of the 
Final Fantasy. Games and like the Final Fantasy games. Yeah. yeah I, I literally just finished Final Fantasy 16 the other day. So, uh, sure. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. What about, um, like, like you mentioned, playing a little bit with your brother early on, did co op or playing competitive or, or any sort of game that has multiple people in it kind of ever sink its teeth uh, in you at all? So, my brothers and I would play a lot of things. Uh, my, my youngest brother was really into Smash Bros. Um, I played the original Smash Bros. on the N64. We got, you know, I got reasonably good at that. When I say reasonably good, I mean we were able to unlock Luigi, okay? That's, <laughs> sure. that's, that's yeah. good enough. Because yeah. um, uh, that was actually a, a reasonable challenge. Was unlocking uh-huh. Luigi yeah, for day. sure. Yeah. Um, but, like, my, my youngest brother was really the one who was mostly into that. I, I enjoy Smash Bros., but I'm one of those people who... Uh, who's weird and likes it when you turn the items on because I like having a chance. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what? Um, my other brother, Philip, um, my, my second youngest brother. So I, I have two brothers. Uh, one of them is two years younger than me. And one of them is five years younger than me. Mm. Um, both and Brian, uh, and growing up, you know, we'd play games on various, uh, systems. Philip was maybe not as into it as some of the rest of us, but he was, he was pretty into Goldeneye when we had that on the 64. Yeah. And we did, you know, classic split spring, split yeah. screen multiplayer on there. For sure. Yeah. Never said I was any good at it, but it was kind of fun. <laughs> For and sure. Of course, Odd Job was completely banned because <laughs> yep. not allowed. Yeah. Um, I mean, so much of my arguments with my brother and my friends came from playing Goldeneye. Like, there was just so <laughs> much. We, you know, we'd have so much fun, and then someone would get tilted, and then it would we'd start yelling at each other, and then mom would make us turn it off. It's, uh, and then we get mad because you know the person got so tilted that we had to had to stop playing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> For sure. I'm just glad it wasn't Mario Kart because that could just get way worse. Oh, Mario <laughs> Kart. Yes. Mario Kart, because everyone can play Mario Kart. Like it feels like you have to have a little bit of, you know, gaming skills to play a, a first person shooter and be, you know, at least somewhat competitive with the group that you're playing. But Mario Kart, it feels like everyone can pick up. And so, so, so the other thing same with the blue shell. Yeah. The other thing that was major in the formative years of my life, at least as far as, um, so I had the gaming stuff and, really nerdy stuff but i also was uh really uh big into uh music and singing and things like mm. that in general um i i don't know if you know about the the songs or not um but, i remember a few i remember a few yeah but i'm gonna i'm gonna drop a uh link here into the soundcloud chat if it or or i'm gonna drop a soundcloud link into the setup chat here okay um so you can see it um, this is uh, all of the songs that I've made up for various things on this. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of them that I really do like, and some of them are just dumb and not any good anymore. But, <laughs> okay. But one of the things that I had growing up, and this is, you know, there's a little bit of religious stuff in here, but my family was raised in a church uh, where... Uh, where not only was uh, music a big thing, but it was one of those churches where they don't use instrumental music. Mm. And so everything was acapella. Okay. And so we got real, go- real, real good at doing like vocal harmonies and parts and things like that. Wow. And so w- one of the things our family will do, even to this day, if we can all get in one place, is just occasionally just burst out to four part harmony for no reason. <laughs> because that's what we do. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's great. And so that's the other big thing uh, culturally that I've done. And so I, I've attempted to, you know, meld those two a little bit when I write some songs, make some songs about uh, randomizers and various things like that. But it has been a while since I recorded a song. Uh, Do you play any instruments or did you continue on with the idea of just doing acapella um, stuff? I so I mostly do acapella recording stuff, but I do I have occasionally dabbled in some instruments. I can I can at least do rhythm guitar stuff. You know, I've got a few mm. horns here and there. I've got uh, I played the French horn in the band oh, uh, nice. in in school, and I have a French horn here along to my brother that I have recently made work again. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to see if I still got that in me. But, uh, <laughs> all right. So music was playing a big part as well as, as gaming then as you're growing up, mm-hmm. it sounds like for your whole family as well. And my, my father actually was, uh, was a band director at various schools growing up until, mm. uh, until he changed his, uh, profession to physical therapy. Uh, because that, you know, being a school band director, first of all, you're a school teacher, so you're, yep. you're making next to nothing, and you're also a band director, so you're probably making less. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So as you get as you're getting older and you're playing more games, your name is Doctor Bob. I'm taking it you went to school uh, past high school. Yeah, uh, I, I do. This, in fact, hold a PhD in computer science. Okay. Um, so does gaming kind of take a step back as you're as you're getting older, or is it still just as as important to you as you're well, as you're going through your um HD. you would think it might go back but honestly um some of the games i was playing during my during my grad school and during uh, uh during my first few years as faculty uh they honestly helped keep me sane a little bit mm, um yeah and also now um at the school that i'm teaching at uh i teach a i teach two courses I teach a course on Unity and I teach a course on Unreal. And so every semester I'm doing some course on game development. So it's sure. at least relevant to what I'm doing. Yeah. 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 I, I've even done some really dumb things with my courses. Um, so I have a uh, project projects course in the summer for data science for data science graduate program. And so the, there's two projects courses. In the second half, I, I generally be like, okay, this is this is your thing. You do what project you want to do. You let me know, and we'll figure it out. For the first half, I have a prescribed project. And what I do is I provide them with 25,000 spoiler logs, link to the past randomizer. <laughs> and I awesome. tell them, and now your goal is, if someone hands you a partially completed spoiler log and asks, where's the most likely location to contain this item, give me a, give me like a top 10 list. Mm. Um, and you know, it's an interesting, uh, dynamic It's and it's not, uh, no one's ever gotten like a really, really good version of the product that could be used like in the middle of a race. So I'm not really worried about it. <laughs> right. Um, That's super awesome though. That's so cool that you're able to bring that into what, what you're doing for a living though, as well. That's super cool. Do the kids that you're teaching ever think like, Hey, maybe I should start playing link to the past randomizer. I have had one student at least uh, who ended up joining some of the randomizer stuff. I know for sure one. Uh, Let me see if I can remember his name. Uh, I know he was in the mentor tournament a while back. Um, Is it Gamachu? It's not Gamachu. Um, (laughs) um, 
<laughs> I can't remember what name he was using. I can't even remember the student's actual name. <laughs> sure. It was really sad. Um, but I know I had them in class, and then they showed up my stream like, oh, yeah. That's that's pretty cool, though. That's Even if you got one, that's still pretty cool, even temporarily. Yeah. So... As a as someone that's building on on the platforms that you're talking about or teaching about those platforms, did computer gaming uh, play a part in in your development as far as gaming goes? Uh, we we had some we had some games on the PC and things like that growing up. Um, I my aunt Margaret, who is uh, basically just me, only like fifty years older. Um, <laughs> she um, when I was ten years old. Um, she has this tradition where she takes all of her nephews on a trip when they turn 10. Um, and so when I was 10, I went to go visit her and uh, she had the original doom on her computer. And I got really into that, uh, like the old school doom. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so I ended up getting that. And I, I uh, also got some of them, uh, some of the software you can use to like make levels in doom. Mm. I messed around a little bit with that when I was younger was able to figure out what was going on with that a little bit. Um, and then I played uh, like the Warcraft, Starcraft games. Oh, okay. Growing up, I was not good, but I could at mm. least get through the campaign eventually. Sure. Um, Any MMORPGs like sink their teeth in you at all? Um, so I did. So I didn't actually get into MMOs until I got into college. Um, and I got into Final Fantasy XI real hard. Okay. Um, and then I did World of Warcraft for a while, and then I got into fourteen, and I'm I'm still playing fourteen. What you can <laughs> is that is is that an MMO? Yeah, Final okay. Fantasy fourteen is uh is also an MMO version. So eleven is a, is an MMO, and then fourteen is an MMO. Okay, okay. And the, the newest one is is sixteen. You said yeah, six, sixteen is a single player game. Okay, um, and it's it's very different, but it's mm. still pretty fun. Um, so. F- Final Fantasy fourteen, honestly, or any time with all the MMOs, really, uh, with the exception of Final Fantasy eleven, which I was just kind of into on its own. Uh, the only time I ever got into an MMO was because I had friends already who were into it. And were sure, it. yeah, that makes like sense. With, so when I got into World of Warcraft, there were other people I knew who were playing it and wanted me to join them, and so I did. Mm-hmm. And then with Final Fantasy fourteen, I had some other friends. Or like my little brother was playing it and some other people I knew were playing it. And so I got in on that. And then eventually we started you know, playing together fairly often. Honestly, a lot of those people don't really play that much anymore, but that's a whole nother can of worms. I mean, that, yeah, that kind of is how a lot of it works, right? You get friends that get you into the game and then they stop playing it. And then you're still playing it years later. It's like, what yeah. happened here? Yeah. I find that happens more often than I'd probably like. Okay, so we're we're similar. It just sounds like you're a little bit younger than me. But when do you Am find? I? I, I think maybe. Yeah, I'm thirty-nine. Oh. Yeah, you're definitely old, younger than me. Okay. Um, so when you when do you then find uh, speedrunning or Twitch or any of that stuff? Is was there any thoughts of doing speedruns or looking into speedruns, or did you find that through GDQ or where did that come? Let's see. So my my first real interest in speedruns um was when i when i started seeing some videos of uh super mario 64 speedrun okay back in the day. yeah um, i saw like you know somebody doing the the 16 star speedrun that was really interesting mm-hmm. to me because you had all these little tricks and glitches to get in places 
Right. Um, and I actually saw it. I think it was being played in the corner of a of a TV show on G4. Mm, okay. Like back in the day, they were one of those X play episodes with sure. Them, so that's that's they had, and they had that being played in the corner while some other stuff was going on, so you could see it happening. I was like, this is more interesting than what's on the rest of the screen. Hang <laughs> For on. sure, make it bigger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they they would occasionally you know cut back to it when the when the interesting things were happening. And, you know, I eventually looked into finding more videos of speedruns and came across the whole Twitch thing. And um, as far as Rando goes, um, the the way it worked, I believe I was I was originally first looking into or getting into the whole Rando and mm-hmm. speedrunning things as far, as far as this goes. I was looking into I think I was watching the Mexican runner at the time. OK, you know who that is. Yeah. Uh, at the time he was doing his. Uh, NES Mania thing where he's trying to beat every single NES game on stream. Okay. And there were some other people who were also watching at the time. And so one of those people that I recognized from his audience was a guy named uh, Yogi DeMonk, that guy. And Not he, familiar with him. Yeah. Well, the one thing I remember about him from that stream is he was the one who, who forced uh, TMR to play Arkanoid, which is an absolute nightmare to try to beat legitimately. Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, but anyway, I you know I was just like running around on Twitch. I found his channel, and he was practicing for Link to the Past randomizer tournament. And this was back on version eighteen. Okay. So way back this when twenty seventeen, maybe. Yeah. 20, I think yeah. it was like the first big rando tournament that happened. Wow. Um, and I was like, this is cool. And so I would look into it, and I'd be like, oh, he's he's uh gonna go be a part of this tournament here and you know i saw and i went over to speed gaming and saw the the runs that were happening and how it was happening i was like oh this is cool Mm -hmm. i kind of want to do this and i tried it out i was like this is neat um and then i joined the next time i could i actually joined the weekly standard race okay time on saturday Mm -hmm. um and this was right in the middle of the big blow up at the tournament at the time and i hold the distinction the dubious distinction of the first play first person to ever finish in 100th place <laughs> in a <laughs> link to the past randomizer race <laughs> so i was that was my first race ever and i it was a standard race i think i finished in like 240 or 250 or something okay like it was real late uh but i wasn't last and uh <laughs> You weren't last? No. There were like 115 or 117 people signed up for that race. Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, man, I just think about, because I I remember when I joined, you know, obviously the ladder wasn't around when I joined, uh, obviously when you joined the community, uh, but big races were how we raced the game. It was Mm -hmm. just really large pickup races. And the one and ones were reserved for tournament racing. Right. And there wasn't as many tournaments back then. So when I joined the community, it was very common to see 70, 80 people in a race. And when even even when I joined in 2018, there was talk of like, oh, man, I missed the good old days when there was like 120 people joining. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so it sounds like you were you were there in the early days when there was 120 people joining races, which is just bananas. I am just I'm real great about jumping on the bandwagon just when it gets good. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, so well, that first race you did, had you run seeds 
offline or pr- done I, any I had, practice? I had done a little bit offline. I had uh, learned a few new things about the game because I, I was just playing around with it. And I was like, I think I remember, you know, pretty much everything where everything is in this game. And of course, of course I didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, like my very first seed that I finished offline, I'm pretty sure was like four hours and 30 minutes. Yeah, that sounds about uh, right. But, uh, you know, I think I had done that one. And then I started a couple others, but never actually finished them before doing the race. <laughs> That's impressive because I feel like most people's stories they they practice a bunch before jumping into races, but you're just like, nope, let's go. <laughs> now nah, we're let's doing just jump it. right into it. Yeah, that's hilarious. And also, again, twenty early twenty seventeen or, or mid twenty seventeen, there's not as many resources. Like I don't even think emo tracker was a thing. I don't know how many different trackers were available. If if I at all, there, maybe like code I tracker. I had a tracker. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember exactly which one it was, but I know I had one that I would constantly leave unchecked because i'm terrible <laughs> right uh, right and oh, then the, when they started announcing auto tracking was going to be a thing i was like yes yeah for sure i can't remember i can't <laughs> i can't click things this is yeah. why i don't do tracking for streams it's just like you don't <laughs> want too me hard. to do that yeah for sure um so you, you start racing do you then sort of jump into commentary as well or do you continue with racing so honestly, while I was, you know, I was watching the, the stream and I heard what people were doing on the commentary and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I heard DT do his little duck song thing. I was like, that's cool. I can kind of, and I, I tried to steal that a couple of times. I mean, what duck song thing I, you have to, I don't know what this is. Are you, are you not aware of the duck song thing? I'm not aware of the duck song. So, uh, in the name of DT, uh, he did a rate. He did some commentary in the in that tournament, and he occasionally, like the, the three times he did that that I was listening to, he came up with lyrics for the flute song. Okay. And sang them as they were happening. Okay. And I was like, that's neat. That sounds like a tradition I could carry on. And so I started <laughs> doing that on mine. Um, and some people love it, and some people are like, no. No. <laughs> right. To the point uh, where singing is now banned, as far as I know. Yeah. In commentary. I don't, I don't think they banned it because of me. I don't. Th- I, I'm pretty sure it's not because of you. I think uh, I think there was others that were a little bit more. Let's just call them egregious as far as singing goes. That probably shouldn't more. I guess Mimi. There's something clever about the songs that you were doing. I, I, I would at least write out some lyrics beforehand and try to be on pitch, you know, that sort of thing. But, uh, <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, I will admit that for those, there are some people who said, you know, you're not a very good singer on that. And I will admit I'm not a very good singer on that particular song. Cause it's in a weird spot for my voice. It's in a very weird register. Mm-hmm. So I either have to do it real low. And just go. Is that one of the songs on the, on the SoundCloud? Do you have that on the SoundCloud? Uh, there is one. I have a, okay. um, I think, I think, the version, the one I have on there is called Swag Duck Corral. And so you came up with lyrics for different versions of the song, basically. So when you were uh, doing. Yeah. Okay. So bas- basically, I'd, I'd try to come up with relevant lyrics for like the race that was happening or something like that. Okay. Um, and, and make it fit with the, the theme. Um, I see. But yeah. The, and there's one recording of a, of, sort of the the first lyrics I came up with, which was, I am the duck of swag, cause a little lag, 
Got this in the bag, you set me free. And if you should forget all the things you have left, well, then here's your best bet. Just flute to three. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. I miss I miss some of that stuff. Like, you know how like some people ruin ruin it for everyone. That's kind of where I feel like with with singing is there was just for certain people that ruined it for everyone. And uh, uh, the fact that people have missed out on, on Dr. Bob's songs, I feel like is a real miss for the community as well. So I'll still occasionally do it. I'll still try to do it when I'm actually running on my stream, but they're not mm -hmm. prepared in advance. So I'm just making up the lyrics as I go <laughs> and sure. they're terrible. Um, <laughs> and then I did say I reserve the right to do those if I ever do commentary for like the speed gaming dailies or something like that. Mm -hmm. because no one actually cares. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Well, I, commentary is in a different place where like they could use as many commentators as possible now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, bring it back. <laughs> bring it back when you're doing some comments. So, so you see DT and you're like, hey, this seems like fun. Let me try this out. Is that kind of how it went? Yeah, basically. Um, and I, I was just like, okay, I'm going to, you know, try to sign up for commentary things here and there. Uh, I signed up for commentary for the next tournament coming up. Um, and I didn't actually get uh, selected as a commentator for the main tournament, but I was selected as one for the secondary tournament that was happening. Mm, right. Um, the pre-Challenge Cup, Challenge Cup. Yeah. Yeah. And this was before the big 512. I think it was the, the previous tournament to that. Mm -hmm. um, and so and so I, I joined in that. Joined in that, and uh, the very first match I did, or maybe it wasn't the first match, but it was one pretty early on, was Hazukiti versus Savotender. Okay, lovely. Okay? Yep. Hazukiti versus Savotender, and Hazukiti, at the time, was very, very new to the game. Mm -hmm. How new to the game? The commentary lasted eight hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they kept I the stream going for eight hours? Yeah. And I was... I was fine. I wanted to keep going. Wow. Uh, me and the other guy in the booth. I can't remember exactly who it was. It might have been Basley. Okay. Um, but there was one other person. There was someone else in the booth who was just as big a trooper as I was, and we just kept doing it. Um, and I think <laughs> That's that impressive. caught somebody's attention. Sure. And, like the very next day, we were sort of called up to the main tournament. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is such a good story. I had no idea. Eight hours is incredible. That's incredible. And it was it was a ton of fun, even if it was taking a long, long time. It was great. Sure. Oh, man, that's too funny. OK, so you it seems like pretty quickly you kind of find a spot in the community that you enjoy with uh, racing and and commentary. Is that that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed uh all that stuff. I at that point I did start looking more into like actual work or actual uh improvement of commentary skills in general. Like I wanted mm. to look into, you know, like how to play the different roles of commentary if you're gonna be the play by play person or right. the the color person or if you're gonna do a little of both here and there. Um and I just made it my goal to be able to adapt to whatever else my whatever my uh co commentator was doing at the time. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like you have a, a stronger role as far as a color commentator or as a, a play by play one you prefer? I'm, I'm usually better at the whole play by play thing just because um, you know, I like to I like to keep things moving. And I've got uh, sort of this aversion to dead airtime if mm -hmm. I can help it. Um, 
And so, you know, talking about things as they come up and, you know, asking questions occasionally. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't consider myself to be like an expert player at the game, of course. I do know, you know, about all the logic and all the different, uh, like the different tricks and things you can do, at mm-hmm. least the ones that are legal in standard races. Sure. Um, I could not tell you all of the like overworld glitches and things like that, although I did participate in the overall glitches mentor tournament one time uh because i just wanted to learn some of that yeah um but yeah yeah i I like to learn those sorts of things and i've done quite a bit of it and as i said it's it's kind of tapered off over the last year or so just because i've been a little bit uh occupied with other things but uh Mm -hmm. treading water a bit but yeah did so in the early in early 2017 2018 up, let's say up until the like the 512 are you running a lot of uh, races are you doing a lot of commentary um i usually would like to uh participate in weekly races that sort of thing when it was happening mm-hmm. uh the gaming daily races were happening occasionally um and, and you're uh, you're seeing the development of the game because when the version that you're playing i feel like was you said version 18 was yeah, that started on 18 it was V21 for the first tournament I participated in. Okay. Um, Did that have progressive items in it? Like, I remember... Yeah, V21 was the first one to have progressive okay. items. Okay, okay. Uh, version 18 did not, and you could definitely right. find Gold Sword on Uncle. And that's <laughs> right, great. right. Yeah. Like, earlier versions than that, you could have, uh, like, you could find Gold Sword, and then you could find Fighter Sword later, later and it would replace it. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was when they were still really figuring everything out. Yeah. So as the community is growing, because 2018, I feel like there's, there's certain spots in time where the community really grows. 2018 was a big one with the Andy Christos GDQ match 2020, obviously with, with COVID and everyone staying home. I think think that was the year I actually went to SGDQ for the first time. Oh, the Andy Christos one. I think I was there at that, uh, at that particular uh, GDQ, that yeah, uh, such a good was, one. It's was that it, I think they had Willard and Patty and stuff on commentary. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know I was there. I was like, if you want me to help out with things, uh, I could do that. But I you know they had it covered, so I wasn't going to worry about it. Sure. Um, but yeah, there but, was always some sort of rando going on in the practice room, like mm, always. Yeah, you could always get involved in that. Sometimes there was like NMG stuff, so I. I learned a little bit about that. Uh, we had, I remember one of the things we did that year, we had an impromptu race between four of us for uh, the 100% category of Link to the Past, uh, which none of us had ever done. Um, <laughs> awesome. awesome. And so, uh, like, getting real late into the run, so some people were like, is there a heart piece in Meyer Shed? I was like, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's great. Did, did you ever attempt to do any NMG to, like, help with execution or anything? I have... Um, I think I have done like one timed NMG run in my life. Oh, okay. Um, because I, I mean, I'm not opposed to doing it. It's just not the sort of grind I want to, uh, mm-hmm. subject yep. myself to. Sure. If I, and I know that if I really, really wanted to get good at randomizer, that is a really good, good way to, uh, improve that. But I would say it's a way there's like, you know, there's plenty of really good runners that don't run yeah. NMG, but, but you could do, um, you could do a lot of practice like on individual rooms and stuff, just using the practice hat yep. and that sort of thing. Yep. But again, I also don't really have the 
patience or the discipline necessary mm. to do that kind of execution training, which is why I'm sure. not as good at the game as some other people. And I, I'm okay <laughs> with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least you're you're aware of it, right? Like it's not this like idea that I'm I should be better at the game even though I'm not putting the time in to practice oh, yeah. the game, right? No, I, if I, I mean, I'll you know I'll learn the tricks I need to do, and I'll learn the way I know ways I can do it. And then sometimes it'll end up being slower than some other people and my muscle memory will get stuck on the slow one and there ain't much I can do about it at that point. <laughs> other yeah. than like spend a bunch of time trying to change that. And if it's going to, you know, if it's going to get me like three seconds in a, a race somewhere. Eh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did learn how to hover. So what do I oh, know? Nice. <laughs> sure. I mean, hovering isn't as hard as people make it out to be. No, it is not. Um, it, it does help to have like physical hardware. Sure. It, like it, your, your emulators and your uh, connections, your controllers and whatnot are, yeah. are going to have some sort of delays within them and it's going to be nasty. But there's plenty of people that have learned how to hover, including myself, on emulator. So it, mm-hmm. it, it, can, it can happen. Um, so I've, it feels like 2018 was when you were everywhere. I felt, like, again, like you were doing so much commentary with like the 512 Swiss that was going on. Uh, I'm sure you're racing a lot as well. You were in the 512 Swiss as well, right? As I believe a so, yeah. I, I mean, uh, it feels like everyone had to be a part. <laughs> There's 512 people. Anyone that was anyone playing the game or, or just yeah. around the game had to be playing. I, th- I think I finished with like an even record or like one loss above or something like that. It was, so it was 512. It would have been nine rounds of Swiss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think I was either four and five or five and four at the end. Okay. Okay, uh, which I was perfectly happy with. I had no, uh, I had no illusions about being uh, the great. Uh, you you didn't think you were going to be super competitive, is what yeah. you're saying? No, yeah, no. that makes sense. Um, it feels, fun, and that's always been the case for me. Sure, because you don't, you know, though that you're you're not going to put the grind into trying to get better, right? Like it feels like you know that you're not there to, yeah. you're not going to put the time to to practice rooms and to to get the strats down and stuff like that. There were some times earlier on where I would put in some some real time on some of the practicing. So mm-hmm. like I did, I did some practicing on bosses uh, because those are always going to be sort of a big thing. Yeah, the yeah, um, getting a reasonable. Like moth can get real out of hand if you're not careful. Cold stare could be a real problem. Mm-hmm. Trinex fights, of course. Ganon, final Ganon. Uh, I still can't consistently do the one-on-one cycle with tempered on Ganon. Mm-hmm. Right? I could do it occasionally, but I'm I'm just not super consistent with it because the timing on the slashes has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, it's possible, you know. Sure. So I, I, but like making sure that you can do those one. Uh, in a reasonable amount of time, and two, safely, right? Mm-hmm. If you're low on health and things like that, you need to be able to actually get it done and not die, because going back to those fights is the worst. <laughs> That's right. how you really lose time yeah, like yeah. Dying on bosses. So yeah, for in sure. places where there was tons and tons of time to lose, I did put in some effort earlier on, mm-hmm. um, but since then I haven't really put in a ton of effort other than you know learning new tricks and things like that. Sure. So between like 2018 and 2020, it felt like I didn't see you as often racing and, and doing commentary. Um, has your relationship over the last couple of years with the game changed or do you feel like it's always been that way? Um, I mean, I still, 
I mean, I, I considered myself fairly active until like 2021 or so. Okay. Um, like, but like mostly like the ladder got involved. Mm-hmm. There, right. And so a lot of that became one V one races and that sort of thing. Uh, and I was doing less, less of the random pickup races here and there. Um, were you not racing on the ladder? Or have you not been racing on the ladder? Uh, I have, um, like back then I was racing on the ladder, like almost all the time. Like most of the time when I would do a stream, it would be because I was, there was a ladder race I wanted to do at the time. I see. Okay. Um, but I'm, you know, I wasn't quite good at it. And most of the time, because I'm just that guy, I would be trying to race in my favorite mode on the ladder, uh, which is cross keys because I'm a huge nerd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sure. and so I can understand how people might not want to mess around with cross keys, uh, but I love it. And so I, I, no, love I get it. I'm not good. <laughs> sure it's fun it's it's a bigger puzzle right like you're it's you're just trying to put more pieces together than a regular open oh, yeah. or or standard seed for sure all right so i i have done a race on the ladder in this in this season i've done okay. one okay <laughs> um but so i've actually done a total of 100 ladder races so oh, okay so yeah you, you put your time in on the ladder for yeah. sure but 60 of those have been cross keys because of that guy <laughs> sure. um, I mean it's the best mode so why not though if you look at this and you see my my record in these things you'd think I'm the best at like casual boots because I have a 7 and 2 record in that category unless <laughs> you go look at the ones that were qualifiers for the casual boots invitational at which point I'm 0 and 6 on those <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just like oh no <laughs> but that that is part of why I actually joined the casual boots tournament this last bit too, just because I I think it's fun. Sure. Well, and a little less stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm less like, of a time commitment too. You're not right. usually as long as as the cross keys. That, that is mainly why my uh, my actual playing has trailed off in the last couple of years is because the time commitment. But you know, I've also got like personal circumstances that have made uh made it a little more difficult for me to want to get in front of people and stream and things like that i'd be perfectly willing to to talk about the sorts of circumstances that have come up recently uh it's actually quite cathartic to talk about it sure i I mean i warn you it's not pretty (laughs) sure you know i i i'm all about you know sharing you know the things that you want to share to get off your chest to kind of help you know a lot of times we hold all this stuff in and it just makes it worse so yeah feel free to share as much as you want so in the context you know i was talking about my family how we you know do singing and things growing up and uh, i had my my grandmother who had the uh nintendo growing up and all that stuff Mm -hmm. um well one of the things my my youngest brother when he had uh when he uh started raising his family uh he named his first daughter Mm. Was five years old, very, uh, very nice. Um, but um, about about nine months ago, at this point, uh, we found out that uh, my dad had been inappropriate with mm. as a uh, while uh, watching her and keeping a hold of her, um, and he's now uh, off in prison, serving like at least fifteen years, uh, thirty years with possibility of parole after fifteen for that particular offense. Mm. Uh, I I do applaud him for actually coming forward on that and not letting it fester and turn into some sort of complex on her end. 
but uh, it was not a pretty situation. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's awful for for her, uh, especially for her. But for the whole family to have to, you know, whole family. <laughs> my, my mother is now, you know, living by herself in in this house uh, that was meant for both of them. And uh, and then, you know, he's he's in a prison across the, the state. And, you know, credit to her. She, you know, she still loves him and can uh, put up with it and can you know, still communicate with him. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people would hear that and think, okay, well, he's a piece of garbage and is no longer worth being a human being. And I, as much as my brain wants to say that I can't, cause he's my dad. You know right. I mean? Right. And he was one of the very few examples I had in my life. of People I thought were a, a good, decent human being up until that point. Right. So it completely rocks your world of like, if, if this person that I've been looking up to my whole life is capable of, of these sort of atrocities or whatever, then and what am I going to do? You know? Right. Yeah. It shakes everything up. So, and so I actually did, uh, for a while I was seeing, um, a counselor and, and a therapist about those sorts of things just because, you know, I'm like, this is big enough. I can't deal with it by myself. You know? Yeah. It's great. And I, I definitely would uh, recommend anybody who is in an actual crisis, please don't try to do it on your own. You know what I mean? Don't even don't. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, on two sixteen, I've really advocated for mental health. Like, I feel like just so much of just talking stuff through. And obviously, I'm not a a therapist. I am not a counselor. I would always recommend someone to get professional help. But just having someone listen to your story and listen to the struggles that that you have, I feel like it's just a, a a great place to start understanding healing. You know what I mean? Like getting it off and not having to carry that weight on your own, I feel is so important. So, so, so I, you know, I'm, I'm the perpetual bachelor of the family, not necessarily on purpose, but because that's where my life has uh, taken me. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and so this, so this affected me a bit, but it also, it also really affected uh, my two brothers. My, so my, my first brother, uh, he's uh, two years younger than I am. And he has three children uh, that are nine years old, three years old, and one year old. Mm-hmm. And his wife is soon to be ex-wife at this point, because in the wake of this whole uh, process, she went full on psychopath. Uh, wow. Like she had always been a little bit, she'd always been pretty unstable, um, but she, she was, you know, abusive in, yeah, and so he, he, um, he is, Ending up going to probably have a, you know, I don't know when that's going to get finalized, but here they're going through divorce procedures. Um, and so Philip is currently living at my house, mm. uh, working on various projects around town for people's houses because he's actually good at that. And, it, and he originally came up here because my house had been uh, really messed with. Uh, like we, we had to, uh, I had to fix the ceiling because there was a leak in the roof at one point. And then there was this dumb thing that happened where I turned on my washing machine when I went to bed. I woke up like six, seven hours later. It was still running and it was overflowing. (laughs) And the washing machine is upstairs. And so all the ceiling for the downstairs was just completely destroyed. (laughs) Oh, geez. So I had to go live in a hotel for like a, a, a month while they cleaned out what was apparently asbestos from the ceiling. So, Mm -hmm. 
anyway, that's neither here nor there. But my brother, God bless him, he was uh, he's very good at at home repairs and things, and can uh, put that sort of stuff together. And so he's been dealing with that, or he he got that taken care of, and then he's been doing other jobs like that around town. And but he's been staying here with me. And then my other brother, who is the father of uh, the the child in question, and also another child. Uh, so he has two children, uh, one of which is five, and the other which is two, I believe. Um, we can. Uh, I'm not defending him on this one, but it turns out that in the wake of this deal with my father, he ended up uh, he ended up cheating on his wife with some other woman because of various things. I'm not. Even, I don't even know what the reasoning was. Like there probably wasn't reasoning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and so they're sort of on the rock now. And now my other brother is also living at my house. Um, so, There's a lot of weight on your shoulders right now. So the point is, I got people living at my house now. Yeah, yeah, and that I mean, so you, it comes in 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 a different ways, right? Like you've got the added pressure of people living in your house. Your 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 brother's now living with you. Fallout from from the stuff that your dad did. The fallout from the stuff that your brothers are de- are dealing with, and it kind of puts rando into perspective, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's like, who cares about this dumb dumb game? I got real real stuff to deal with and and things to to really just kind of sort out right like it, it feels like there's there's a reason not to race or, or or even when you get a chance to race a way to escape that though i will say it does make a does make a very nice distraction when i've got like when i'm just like i don't want to think about things right now yeah i want to do other things uh, for and sure that's, and that's why a lot of it um for a lot of the times i'm much more interested in doing the commentary stuff still because uh while my streams haven't been as common recently i have sort of been ramping back up into the commentary booth a lot more often mm-hmm. uh, at least for tournament i actually served as one of the mon- uh moderators for the commentary team for the main tournament this last time nice uh, i even put in my application for uh admin stuff for the new racing the tark yeah Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't imagine that's going to be a a huge deal. Like I don't. I think there are people more qualified than I am, but I'm perfectly willing to serve, and I'm willing to not be, you know, to not blow up in people's faces about sure. a game. Uh, <laughs> sure. Here's one thing I've noticed about you, Bob, over the years, and, and especially today as we do this this podcast, you undersell yourself way too much, man. Like you're, you're a value to the community. You're a value as a, as a commentator, as a racer. And, and as just as a person, you sound like a, just a good person, like a a genuinely decent, good person. So stop underselling yourself is the one thing that would, would be my big takeaway from this episode. (laughs) Because every time you've mentioned racing, you talk about how you're not good. And it's almost like you're giving life to the fact that you are not good, which is hogwash. Like, uh, we're as good as we, you know, make ourselves out to be really like, if you want to put the time into the game and get better, I'm 100% sure that you could compete with, with some of the other, uh, other racers in, in the community. You got a lot of shit going on though. Like I do <laughs> and, and trying to like manage it all and just let the game be, a game, right? Like I feel like is a good, healthy relationship to have with it. So it doesn't have to be right. You don't have to undersell yourself. You don't have to 
add the caveat of I'm not that good at this game because I, you know, you look at your ladder races, you're winning races. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a respectable 45 and 55 overall. Sure. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's a randomizer, right? And and it's not something again that, that as we talked about, your time is is valuable. You don't have a whole lot of it to give to the game, and and when you do, you win almost fifty percent of your races. I, I feel that's pretty good. So I would I would uh, I'm and, not worried and, about my my uh, level of of uh, competitiveness, really. Sure, but you do undersell yourself. You do talk All about right. how you're not good. I got not, 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 not that one have off. that habit of like <laughs> unintentional self-deprecation. Yeah. I, I do got to work on that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because again, I, you know, I loved listening to you on commentary during the 512. I really did. And it was one of the reasons why I wanted to check the game out and be a part of the community. So, you know, one step leads to another and leads to another. And you never know how you affect other people around you and you know we i've been in part of this this community for gosh five years now you've been a little bit over over six we haven't really had a, a chat like this before and i've never really had an opportunity to tell you that before so you didn't even okay. know right like it's, it feels like you know you never know how how you affect people or, or the way you can have an impact honestly okay so this is not this is gonna make me seem like a big jerk face but i get it uh, the first time I actually heard about the 216 podcast is when uh, I was in that commentary the other day and you said, I should get Dr. Bob on 216 sometime. I was like, what's 216? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. it's a thing. That's cool. And so I went back and I looked at some things and there's a lot of uh, runners in there that I you know, have a reasonable connection with. Uh, you know, I met Shireen real well at the GD, GDQ the one time I was there. Mm, yeah, I mean, He was there. Because uh, I've been back to GDQ a couple times. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. I, uh, Walther, you know? Yeah. Uh, Walther, he he and I were part of a, a two-player team for this, like, it was really weird, like, randomized mode, randomized tournament sort of thing, where we, like, came out of nowhere, and it was, like, Gamer Cal and one other. Oh, yeah. We we beat them by sandbagging the powder. <laughs> Okay. It was a bingo thing. And okay. One of, the things on the, one of the things on the board was kill a dead rock. Mm. And we had the powder for a long time, but we wanted to wait until we could build out that line before we actually did it. Mm-hmm. And, so, <laughs> and so out of nowhere, anyways, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had this, it was like a co-op tournament. It was fun. And so I had, you know, I had a decent amount of interaction with Walter. I, I went back and listened to the episode you had with uh, Leoria, if you remember, because mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I was like, I do remember, you know, be having uh, having her for the mentor tournament. Yeah, yeah, cool. she talked a lot about you that in that episode. I, was like, yeah. I went in there and I was like, oh, now I'm sad. Uh, really. <laughs> sure, <laughs> for sure. That, that was that was cute. And so I, I I appreciate all the love that people have given me. I don't know how much of it I deserve, but I will take it. Stop underselling yourself, man. Stop doing it. You're a big part of the community, whether you like it or not, or whether you realize it or not. Like, again, you affect people, whether you're winning tournaments or not. That doesn't really mean anything. I mean, there's so many of us. That I've never won anything. So, you know, that I can't put my any sort of value on on that. But, you know. I loved listening to you do commentary and, uh, and, and continue to do it as well. So don't, uh, you know, focus, you can always focus on the things that, that, that you do do really well. If, 
if winning and losing is important, which it doesn't have to be, you right. know, find the things that you are winning at. And uh, again, talking through a lot of the shit that you're going through, realize makes me realize like, man, you're handling it. I hope you're able to handle it and I hope that you're able to carry it. And uh, it seems like you know, a lot of your family relies on you uh, to, to get through a lot of yeah, it as I'm, well. So I am in a fortune, you know, I used to think that, you know, you know, like I said, I was, I'm the perpetual bachelor, not necessarily by choice. Mm -hmm. I used to think, well, this is, you know, all, you know, my younger brothers are all, all have families and everything. And, you know, I got nothing here in that department. And now I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to call divine or divine. <laughs> sure. This yeah. is sort of a, a situation where, uh, you know, I'm coincidentally best equipped to be able to help out mm -hmm. my two brothers going through this. So it's a, yeah. you know, it's at least, you know, a situation where I'm, I'm glad I was able to help. Sure. Uh, and also you don't have to listen to the show to be on the show. Like uh, that's not a requirement. I want to make sure you know <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone... I, I did go back and listen to <laughs> at least that one. Cause I was like, I, you know, I bet that one's going to be interesting. And uh, a few others. Sure. And, and I, I went the other day. I listened to the the emergency podcast on all the drama that was. Oh happening. sure. It was <laughs> sure. like, what in the world is going on? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I'm going to ask you the the final question that I ask everyone. And again, it might be a little bit different because of your relationship with with the competitive side. But right. Uh, how do you handle tilt, whether it's in the middle of a race or at, at the end of the seed? So, um, as far as tilt goes. Um, I don't handle it. <laughs> um, mm. uh, well, I don't know about that, uh, but the I don't usually experience it that much because I, I kind of have it in perspective. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm I'm gonna do what I can, and if I fail, that's my own fault because I didn't prepare. Uh, but there was this most recent, um, or not the most recent uh, casual, or maybe it was the most recent casual boots race I did in the tournament where I, I actually did feel tilted quite a bit because there were a couple of things, a couple of, there were just execution mistakes left and right and left mm. and right, things that I knew I should have been able to do correctly. And I ended up losing that race uh, by just a little bit. And I was, You're pissed. I, I was, I was mad in the middle. Mm. And I was thinking, like I was telling my, my stream, look, I'm going to, as soon as my opponent finishes, I am going to forfeit the seed because I, I do not want to continue. And that, mm -hmm. that's when that happens, if that, if I say that, that's when I'm tilted because I know that at this point, I do not want to continue. I will. And I'll try to block it out as best I can because it's not over until it's over. And it turns mm -hmm. out I did end up finishing that seed because my opponent didn't finish until I was on Ganon. So oh, okay. like it was close at the end, sure. but I thought, I thought I was absolutely out of it and I was mm. only mostly out of it. <laughs> um sure that almost makes it worse right like you wanted yeah. them to finish way sooner yeah so you could quit playing but i did i did take one off a of dt the other day so that was fun so is your approach then just step away um like don't if continue if you get in a seed um if it's part of a race that i'm trying to win i will continue and i will just need to um focus more on trying to play the game than trying to be entertaining mm -hmm. that makes sense sure because when i'm tilted i will not be entertaining i will be mad mm -hmm. um and when i'm not tilted 
or like other otherwise i'm usually trying to be someone entertaining even though when i'm in a race i'm not watching my chat because i don't want there to be any sort of uh spoilers or shenanigans or or any any thing of impropriety at all you know what i mean yep yep for sure yep all right, man. Thank you so much for doing the show. I'm um, I'm really glad that we got a chance to to just sit down and and chat. Uh, you know, sorry it's taken so long for us to kind of kind of have any sort of communication. But uh, I, I'm I'm a fan, and uh, I was yeah. glad for I was glad to, I was able to uh, you know catch up. Yeah, no problem. Um, so I wanted to uh, mention if anybody wanted to check out my songs, right? So I, I gave you the link there, right? Mm-hmm. Cloud. Uh, I wanted to mention a few songs that I think are my best ones. Okay. If you want to listen to like one or two. Um, so probably the, the best one that I ever made. And it was like the second one I ever made, uh, is where in the world is the God forsaken ice rod. Okay. Uh, it's, it's based off of where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Right? Sure. Yeah. Classic. Uh, um, I'll make a ham out of you. Probably my favorite, another one of my favorites. Uh, it's based off of the Mulan song, I'll Make a Man Out of You, except it's about, <laughs> it's about Silverless Ganon. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, I have one here. This is for Ocarina of Time Randomizer, but it's called Cluck You. It's about chickens. <laughs> Got it. Got it. <laughs> and then probably the other best one I like is uh, it's called In Go Mode, and it's a, it's a boys to men parody. Um, <laughs> so. Perfect. So if you if you want the essential Dr. Bob Tastic acapella ridiculousness experience, those are the four I recommend. Otherwise, uh, you know, feel free to not ever listen to that if you don't want to. But uh, I enjoy I, I enjoy putting those out, and I've got a couple in the works. I just need to actually sit down and do it. Uh, but other than that, I uh, I enjoy I enjoyed being on the on the broadcast. Thanks for. Thanks for having me. Thanks for putting up with my shenanigans. And <laughs> I appreciate appreciate all the love, man. All right. Big shout out to Dr. Bob. Really glad to have him on the show. I was really glad that he was able to uh, not only share some of the hard stuff, but share a lot of the good stuff. Like, I really enjoyed hearing about the singing. I'd recommend checking out his SoundCloud. Uh, the link is in the description of the episode. Some really fun, really fun songs that he's done. I do miss him doing the flute activation songs. Those were always a lot of fun, and I, I do miss that. So thanks again to Dr. Bob for coming on the show and, and for just being an awesome dude. All right, next week we've got Kazden on the show, completing the JKLOL League Team Group. Great conversation with Kazden. I had so much fun chatting with him, and I think you all will enjoy that one too. So, so make sure you come back for that next week. Football's just about to start. 216 Fantasies draft is Sunday, so I'm very excited about that. A couple of new members in the 216 Fantasy League. That's going to be fun. 216pod.com has the links that you would need. Uh, you can get the link to join the Discord from there. Baseball playoffs around the corner. NFL season starting up. I know hockey's coming soon. So a lot of sports talk going to be happening over there. Don't want to miss that. If you could leave a review on Apple Podcast or Spotify, that would help the show. Appreciate that. Yeah, and as as we kind of like navigate these like trying times in Rando, there's just a sense of division that I hope that we can heal from. Just remember that we're playing a game that we're we're supposed to have fun with. I think that's that's the most important thing. Gotta have fun. And if you're not having fun, then maybe a break will help. I know it helped me. Either way, I hope you listen to the show. I hope you enjoy it. Come back next week for Kazden. Thanks for listening. See you then. Mm -hmm.